This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 91, Serving Others Better, with Lindsay Ross. everybody. Welcome back. I'm Becky Higgins and with me is my friend and co-host with a bag of Dots pretzels. Oh dude, you Becky guys. Becky Proudfit. What's up? Please tell me that you've tried Dots pretzels. I have well, had them have. many a times, but listener, have you tried them? So Wendy Howe, our delightful, wonderful friend who's I'm amazing. wondering what Wendy has to do with the pretzels. I introduced me oh. <laughs> to Dots Homestyle Pretzels at the Albertsons. Oh my gosh. I don't know, probably six months ago. They're, they're pretzels. But they have this delicious stuff on them. They have some. They have a situation. They're delicious, <laughs> and they are the pride of Dakota, <laughs> as the bag says. And I've never been able to find them in a store again. However, the Amazon has them. Oh, I can tell you where they are locally. We'll have to talk after. Okay, because I was you. unaware. <laughs> I've been buying them on the Amazon, but oh, I'm that's telling you, funny. the Dots Home Style pretzels and a Diet Coke is pretty much the closest thing to heaven. Wow, that I've experienced as of late. My favorite snack lately is chocolate with caramel, dark, dark chocolate with caramel. Also a winner. Sea salt. I'm also loving jicama. <laughs> oh, yes. I can't get enough jicama. I know. Oh, my gosh. It's so I know. Good. All the snacks. Why are we talking about food? Are we hungry? I am starving. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we are actually hungry. Very, very hungry. Yes. <laughs> we are actually hungry, which is why we talked about it. Well, I'll tell you what. This, this is an episode. I can switch the topic to what we're talking about because I am... Nice transition back. Thank you. I know. <laughs> Because Lindsay Ross also eats food and likes she snacks. She does eat food. <laughs> I bet Lindsay would love dots and chocolate. <laughs> Lindsay, thanks for loving us through this. All right. Lindsay has so much good insight about serving other people better. Just wait. When you hear this interview that, with her, which I don't like that word interview. I don't know why I used it. It's a conversation. Yeah. Yes. We recorded this conversation with her a while ago. And, um, and Lindsay comes from such a tender place of so many experiences being on the receiving end of service and giving lots of service. And we just love her, love her heart, love where she's coming from. And she just has so many good insights to share about the way that we can serve others. Now we are, um, at the time of recording this and launching it and releasing this episode, we are still in that unique situation in our world where, you know, quarantine, social distancing, all those things. And so I just wanted to let you know that this whole idea of serving others, sometimes we need to get a little creative Mm -hmm. when we can't physically be with people the way that we might be used to. But these, these principles, this application, it's all relevant and wonderful and you will be inspired. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I love about this episode is I think that Lindsay will open your eyes to ways to be more helpful with service, but maybe the thinking outside the box actually is the most meaningful and Mm -hmm. helpful kind of service that Mm -hmm. we can, that we can give. So maybe getting out of the autopilot service that we normally do might be really what kicks us into being a better person who's delivering service maybe and if your autopilot is working well good for you for serving in that way too like just for instance if your autopilot is delivering dots home style pretzels and chocolate and caramel (laughs) maybe stick with that that could be good we have a lot of friends that are about to show up (laughs) that's not true at all (laughs) who's gonna really show up with dots you you actually you can give me dots pretzels and chocolate that's what can happen funny story i sure did bring dots pretzels to you your sure house did. and wendy house house not that long ago you sure did yeah thank you i'm a really good you're very service good giver, giver. <laughs> you really are i'll tell you who else is also giving 
all the people leaving the most amazing reviews on the podcast. Oh, you guys. Thank you. It is the most oh. rewarding and amazing thing to, to read these reviews. Thank you for your kindness. Mm. It means so much to, to us. Um, when we receive DMs or comments or reactions or dialogue when we release new episodes like that is also meaningful the thing about leaving reviews specifically is that it really helps with the algorithm of the podcast it helps podcasts to reach more people who can really benefit from the content that's shared right when there are more and more reviews and so thank you for for leaving kind reviews and for sharing that love with us I'm going to share one with you oh yay because it's been a minute and it has kind of kind of got out of kind of kind of kind of kind of kind of got out of the habit yeah. of sharing reviews. But this one says, "Thank you for lifting me every day." As I was looking at the podcast that you've talked about, I can't even pick my most favorite because they are all so lots of hearts, Aww. and I've enjoyed each one so much. And when I might read the title and think it might not be one that pertains to me, I listen anyway. And sure enough, I always learn, enjoy, and ponder the things that were said. Thanks to both of you for sharing your life struggles and keeping it real. Also, the spiritual things that you feel inspired to share make a difference in my life. So thank you. Isn't that so nice? And you know, some of my favorite um, comments and um, some of the reviews that have been left about the podcast, there have been a few people who have like, I'm not of the same faith, but when you share your faith, which we don't do all the time, of course, but you know, we don't want to overwhelm you with all of our, you know, heart <laughs> yes. all at once. That's a lot of heart. It is a lot of heart. But when people mention that, I just, I love that feeling of just love and mutual respect for each other. We love and celebrate that everyone does have different belief systems and different stories of faith and different experiences that bring them to who they are and what they do and how they do life. Yeah. And I just love our people back. I, I love too. our people. Thank you for being our people. I know they're so great. Our, our group of cultivators, by the way, that was the main feedback that we got. Yes. Remember which episode it was? I don't remember which one. Yeah. When we asked you guys, what should we call ourselves? And yep. it was like, by far and large, that was the feedback that both mm-hmm. of us got DMs about. Like, we're also, cultivators. my husband was like, Dad, you're cultivators. I mean. I don't know how this, how you've not seen this before <laughs> now. So that's it, guys. We're officially cultivators. That's what it is. All right. We're excited to share this conversation with Lindsay with you. But first, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. As we navigate through the uncharted territory of this global pandemic, we want to champion the cause of small businesses. These businesses, like many of our sponsors, depend on the ongoing sales of goods and services through this tough time. It can be instinctual with the future being so unknown to stop spending, hunker down, and keep our money safe. We get that. While we are in no way encouraging you to spend money you don't have, we do want you to consider that it is by continuing to support businesses that we can Contribute to the future success of our global economy. For sure, it's most important to consider what is right for your family. We are incredibly grateful for our key sponsors that support and make the podcast possible. We would love it if you would consider supporting them during this time when business has all but come to a screeching halt. We partnered with our handful of key sponsors because we believe so deeply in the value they bring. Shine Cosmetics helps us all look and feel our best through affordable cosmetics and their efforts to uplift and empower women. Rad Swim has an amazing line of modest and fashion-forward swim apparel, giving families everywhere the opportunity to shop the latest trends and promote a healthy love of personal identity and self. Ryla Pack has created a minimalist bag that helps women on the go have the essential items 
organized and reasonably sourced as we go out in the world and share goodness. Betty Zip Up Bedding created user-friendly bedding and home products that help us to make our homes more beautiful, functional, and peaceful. The founders of each of these brands have poured their hearts and souls into creating products that would bring goodness to the life of women everywhere, which is why we continue to feel so passionately about sharing their brands and products with you. We have a discount code for each of these brands and several others. And when you go to my Instagram page at Becky Higgins, LLC, you'll see a saved highlight bubble called discounts, save money, support awesome brands and keep cultivating a good life. Hello, my dear friend, Lindsay Ross. Welcome to Cultivate a Good Life. How are you? I'm so good. We're so, so good. happy to have you here. <laughs> We're good because you are here and you know how much I love you and I've loved you for years. Maybe it would be good to just in, in the spirit of introduction and helping people to get to know who you are. Let's also talk about how we connected. So there we were. There we were. <laughs> I actually followed you on Instagram. Uh-huh. Someone had told me about Project Life and I was a photographer and so I was using the, I think the app was out by then. I yeah, can't I remember. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Maybe not. Anyway, I think I was it was because it. you were less about kind of more the scrapbooking yeah. and more like, that's not my thing, but I'm a photographer. And I, I relate to that, Lindsay. I've used mm-hmm. both. I've used mm-hmm. both systems, but mm-hmm. anyway, so you were at Pinners and you guys needed some help. You put something on social media that you needed helpers, which was here in Utah, which uh-huh. is where I live. And I remember I called my husband home from work. I just had a feeling like I should go, which was totally out of character for me. Totally. And he came home from work because I had littles and went up and met you guys. And then we were friends. It's not that simple. (laughs) Now let me expound upon that experience. So there we were setting Mm -hmm. up. It's Pinners. If you don't know, it's Pinners Conference. It's like a big expo, right? And it's for consumers and there's shopping and there's classes. And so we did, we put out a cry for help on Instagram and said, if anyone is local, we actually do need some help. And we knew we'd get a few people, but we got a lot. And Lindsay was one of the first. And so we kind of capped off and said, okay, we're good. We've got help. Lindsay shows up and no one has ever served us the way Lindsay has in the Aww, spirit. I love and you that. look at me like I'm exaggerating, Lindsay. <laughs> I mean, you might be. I'm not. <laughs> no, you showed up with like this, like it is in your bones to just be like, push up my sleeves. Let's get to work. Let's go. You weren't fangirling and like oodling around and looking for free product because we, you know, gifted it to everybody right. that helped. But you were there to like get to work and you were drawn to us and we were drawn to you and we have all been friends ever since. True. The end. <laughs> That is a beautiful story, ladies. It is a beautiful story. I love it. So Lindsay has been a dear friend to the whole BH team all this time. We all love her. There's not a soul that doesn't. If you meet Lindsay and if you know Lindsay, you love Lindsay. But for those of you who don't know her, why don't you explain, Lindsay, like, who are you? Where are you in this stage of life? And then we'll dive right into the topic that is so near and dear to your heart. Okay. Um, so I live in Utah and you're here now and it's freezing. And no, I it's always. Not. It's pretty cold. It's beautiful. Well, wait till today is today. midnight. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, this is when I always question why we live here. In February. <laughs> well, and you have to know about Lindsay also that she's a summer girl. Yes. I mean, yes. boating as a family is their thing. We've been boating with the Ross family and truly like you love the warmer weather. And we also are wondering why you don't live in Arizona. Yeah, Correct. But, but then in the summer, it feels like you're in a hair blow dryer in Arizona. <laughs> that is a very accurate <laughs> so, description. It's totally it true. It is what it is. Anyway. Anyway, we love living here. I have four kids. My oldest is 15. And then I have a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old. And two girls, two that's boys. That's pretty close to my... I have two girls, two boys, 15, 13. Basically the same family. Like literally, and my youngest is seven. Yeah. 
and Lindsay's kids are Aww. fantastic. And Lindsay is like, as a mother, she's so good about sharing. Like, this is what it is. Like, here's my family. This is what's mm-hmm. up. This is the quirky thing that's going on, or the funny thing that we're yeah. laughing at. You're just so real about that, and I love that about you. Which is, um, is your Instagram public or private? It's public. Okay, so what's yeah. your Instagram handle? It's a really good question. I can tell you. It's, it's L-T-, L.T. Ross. Yes. Ross. Yeah. L- yeah. Sorry. I forgot. I should have just said that myself. It's at L.T. Ross. Yep. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. And it is public. So, Lindsay, you would describe yourself also, aside from being a wife and a mother, I would say that you're a documenter. Yes. What's your documenting look like right now? Like, um, where's your focus, do you feel? On what I'm documenting? Yeah, like, no, not what you're documenting, but how you're documenting. How you're doing it. Oh, mm-hmm. just with my iPhone. Everything's okay. with my iPhone. Okay. Yeah. And so, I and taking that. all of your pictures with your iPhone, mm-hmm. girl. I mean, I have a DSLR, a but it's well, big. that's a huge shift because yeah. you used to take everything. You're, I mean, uh, you're, yeah, I did. You have skills when they were little, but now that it's iPhones are so good now. Yeah, I don't really need the bigger it's camera. It's true. Mm-hmm. You don't need so, the bigger yeah, camera. I just use my iPhone. Yeah. Okay. So, wife, mother, documenter, and I, if I can just label you with one more thing, it is you are truly like one of the most. Um, you are so Christ-like in the way that you serve and love people. Can I say that without you being embarrassed? It's true. That's actually what we feel really drawn to have you talk about today. And it's obviously something that's near and dear to your heart and not because you're trying to make it your platform, but you know, you know that through your own, your own experiences and especially with those close to you, you've developed a heart that not a lot of people ever will see that level of compassion. So maybe mm-hmm. walk us through kind of what has brought you to this point of feeling like this is like supposed to be part of your message. And then we'll dive into giving some people some tips on how to serve those that are around them. Okay, cool. <clears throat> um, yeah. So backstory a little bit on, I do naturally really like to help people. And I think that's probably just, I've been through a lot in my life. Yeah. And so then I know kind of what would have helped, what didn't help that right. kind of stuff. But the real backstory to all of this when it kind of started and really became something I became more, um, I don't know, focused on. My brother, it was about eight years ago, he was, he's an alcoholic mm-hmm. and he was super drunk one day. We went through lots of phases with him on um, just how to help him and whatever. Anyway, this was a you can't come to the house when you're drunk phase and he wasn't aware, wasn't coherent. And walked into a road and got hit by a car that was going, we guess, about 40, 40 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And was life flighted, which was not his first life flight, mm. but ended up in the ICU. So the short version of this, um, while he was there, our family kind of took turns rotating. She only have two people there at a time, kind of who was there with him. And while we were there, one of my friends, who wasn't like a super close friend, um, she was a good friend, but just, it's always interesting to see who shows up in oh, situations it's true. like these. It's true, yeah. And it's not always the people you would expect. Mm. And she dropped this huge basket of treats off just at the nurse's station. Didn't text me, didn't tell me she was coming, didn't ask to come up and see us, nothing. Just left it, and the nurses brought it up. And And you knew it was from her? Yeah, she Uh left a card. Uh So we knew it was from her. And, you know, at first it was just like, oh, that's so nice, right? This big basket of treats that we have to eat while we're in the hospital. Mm -hmm. But it kind of turned into more than that. It was like this little thing turned into a bigger thing, I don't know how familiar you are with traumatic brain injuries, but he had a traumatic brain injury. Plus he was an alcoholic. So he's detoxing from Mm. all the things and he was mean, Mm. like really mean. And so the nurses just had, he was just a struggle and he's a big guy. So he's 
causing them lots of grief, right? Yeah. I mean, he was sedated for a while, but then they're slowly bringing them off of the sedation. And so he, they would have to handcuff him to the bed. I mean, they have soft handcuffs. Wow. It's not like in no, jail. No, but still, but, they yeah. still had to constrain him. Yeah, yeah. he had to be restrained often. Uh-huh. And he was just mean. And uh, our family was like sort of not embarrassed, but we just felt bad mm. for these poor nurses. Because, I mean, we knew how to deal with them and how hard he could be and whatever. But And they do this all the time. I'm sure they were fine. But that basket of treats was sort of like our peace offering. (laughs) And so every time he would be mean, it was like, oh, hey, have some treats. Yeah. (laughs) Because what else do you do, right? And it just was this little thing that became something bigger than it started out as. But it's just something that I always thought of. And why did she bring that? And why did she show up when she did? And she didn't have to. She wasn't a super, like I said, not a super close friend or a Mm -hmm. family member. But it was just a little thing. And I thought about that a lot and how much I think about it still Yeah. of just that super simple act of showing up. Can I ask you a question that's related to that? And, and then we'll get right back to where you left off. And I want to dive into some of these thoughts that you, insights that you have to share with people to start thinking about maybe how they haven't thought of it before. But what's your thought on anonymous gestures? Because I was thinking about your friend, who's not a super close friend, who dropped the thing off at the hospital. This might seem unrelated, but I promise that it is. And and she could have left it anonymously. She could have done that without identifying who she was, and you would have just been just as grateful, right? Yeah. But I don't want to like put thoughts into your head, but I do. I do a little bit because aren't you so glad that you know who did it? Yes. Do you think that it meant more that you could identify with the person because you're like, oh my gosh, that's not even who I would expect to have come. And I don't, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but like, does I think that... there's value in both okay. because sometimes I do definitely like to help without them knowing because mm-hmm. I don't want an expectation of you have to repay me. Mm. And so I do think that anonymous help sometimes is very valuable mm-hmm. and I just, that's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will agree that knowing who it is because at the end of the day, I think helping people is about connecting with people I and making totally people feel agree. like you care so, that they matter to you. And so yes. I would, yes, I want to know who they are and yes. what they did, but I think there's valuable. No, you're right. There is to value to both. And I didn't mean to, well, actually I did. I meant, <laughs> I meant to frame that in a way. Cause I was like, Lindsay will agree with me on this. Right. But you're <laughs> totally I do, right. But I think no, sometimes right. there's a place for both. Yes. There's totally a place for, for both. Sure. I guess I just want, maybe I'll just throw this out there as a thought. We've been, we've been anonymous givers and we've been on the receiving end of anonymous service. And I get it. I get, I get why we did it because we didn't want praise. We didn't want to be thanked. We didn't want them to feel an expectation of any kind, but also on the receiving end, I would have done anything to understand who that was so that I could just love them back or look at them with even more love in my eyes or, you know, but maybe, maybe the lesson there is maybe look around at everybody as if they were the ones that did that anonymous service to you. Maybe that's probably my own personal lesson that I just learned in that moment. Yeah. Thank you, Lindsay Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So where, where do you think, where do you think is a good place to start in helping to inspire people and understanding that something is better than nothing when it comes to serving those who maybe are going through a difficult time. Yeah. I think that we overcomplicate helping What? and we think women, <laughs> especially, Weird. I don't believe you. Weird women that don't we do make that. this super hard, 
But I just think we really overcomplicate it. It mm-hmm. does not have to be some five course meal or some huge gesture. Yeah. I don't like cooking. I don't like taking meals to people. It makes me super uncomfortable. And when I, but that's sort of the expectation, right? Someone needs something, you take them dinner. That's what food, we do. Food is a love right. language. Sure. Yes, but it's not my love language. Right. And it's also not how I'm good at showing love. I'm much better with words. And so simple texts are so huge. Mm-hmm. Thoughtful texts. And I think people who know me know if I say it, I mean it. Yeah. And so sending and text messages or dropping off a note or I can drop off a treat, but making dinner for someone is just not my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And it took a while to get over that thinking like this is the expectation, but something's for sure better than nothing. And also just identifying what I'm good at and then doing that instead of. So here's the, here's the deal, Lindsay, is I've been on the receiving end of your texts that have come completely out of the blue when I absolutely was not expecting it. And I've also been on the receiving end of Becky Proudfit showing up at my house, bringing meal, a meal to my family, which was the like exact thing I needed in that actual moment. I'm giving two small examples of many, many that we could give. But I, I think to your point, we do have to recognize that this isn't about what's the cultural or societal expectation of like, food is the love language. Food is a love language. It's not the love language. And a simple text from a sincere person who really wants you to feel loved is just as meaningful, you know? And so like tap into what is in your wheelhouse and roll with that, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think the more you do something, the better you get at it. Mm. So at first that was weird for me to send text messages to people who popped into my head. I was like, this is so awkward, (laughs) but now it doesn't even face me anymore. I think the more we do Mm. it. And I also think the more we do it, the more guidance we get on who we need to reach out to, because I think you said this maybe in another podcast or maybe on a post, I can't be everything to everyone. Mm, And so true because we can get so caught up in this person needs help and this person needs help and this person needs that. And there's so much need but I do think we can be very guided if we do it often. And I agree with that. It is kind of like a muscle, right? You mm-hmm. you practice and you do it. And the more you practice, I think you hone your ability to find people that truly are not just in need, but are in need of something from you. And it reminds me of this great quote from Ronald A. Rasband, and, and I'm going to butcher it. So this is like paraphrasing. But essentially what it is is he gives an analogy of if someone's drowning in the ocean, do you ask, are you drowning? What can I do to help? Like you don't ask that. You just throw them a life preserver, right? And I love how you're saying bringing yourself to the equation because oftentimes we do think like, well, uh, what's the right thing to do for someone who has cancer? I don't really know what that is, so I'm going to do nothing, Mm -hmm. right? But bringing yourself in the ways that you love people and owning that, that is a magical thing. Yeah. So what are some of the experiences that you've had being on the receiving end um, or that you've found in like the research that you recently did and pulling together information about all of this that maybe are outside of the box and not your normal ways that you would expect people to serve others when they're in time of need? I think a, a lot of times too, time of need, and that's not always what I'm talking about when we're helping other people. We always think like these big events that people need help yeah, with. Like tragedies. But yeah. everybody needs help every day, that's right? A good just point. little mm-hmm. things. And it, it's, it's not just tragedy tragedy it's not cancer it's not death it's not Mm -hmm. just a new baby it's just every day how are we aware of other people have you seen Brene Brown's video on empathy it's like three minutes oh I don't think I've seen it I don't know if I've seen that one it's It's the best so is this a YouTube search um yeah okay so just, you guys just, go you on could youtube okay. brené brown empathy and it'll come up it's and like, it's like three, a three minutes minute. okay mm-hmm. but it just talks about the difference between empathy and sympathy okay and how empathy never starts with at least 
Mm. Like our, our son was diagnosed with celiac and the thing that she says, you're trying to silver lining it, which is not a verb, but you're trying to make it better, right? Right. We're fixers. That's what we do. And we try to fix. And I think when we're helping people, it's not to fix, it's to just empathize. It's to, to walk, try to understand what they're going through Mm -hmm. and, and to not try and fix it. And so when Carter was diagnosed with celiac and people kept saying, well, at least there's more choices. Mm. And I was they, like, they meant well, I, they did. They were trying to make it better for me, but there was nothing that was going to make that better in that mm-hmm. moment. It was just awful. And mm. I thought, well, yeah, there's more gross choices. Right. Mm. <laughs> They've just made more yucky stuff for him to <laughs> right. eat. And that doesn't make me feel better. Right? right. And so it was the people who were just like, yeah, that's, that's rough. That's hard. And that, and also not trying to compare a story in their life that also that, I don't know. It's just, we don't need to compare and we don't need to fix. It's really just that place where she says in the video, empathy is finding something in you that feels the way that they feel Mm. and that it's a vulnerable choice to do that. Right. And Mm. so I think just the everyday stuff when we're looking to help other people is that video is a constantly on replay in my head. Just wow. be yeah. empathetic. Don't be sympathetic. And the difference between those two. We're going to yeah, link just, to that. It's in the really show, notes show notes worth for sure. watching. And if you guys sure. only pull one thing from this middle of the conversation that we're in, it's we don't need to compare and we don't need to fix. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a, gr- a great place to begin with empathy and serving others and the way that we love others and showing up in other people's lives is not with the idea that we're going to, um, try to compare our trials or re- even relate to them or fix them. I love that. It's hard to not fix. It sure. Is. It's hard, but I've gotten way better at that too. It's yeah. just, I'm not here to fix this for you. I'm just here to be next to you yeah. mm-hmm. with whatever you're going through. Or even just like I say that every day, I try to be really focused on how we're helping people just get through everyday stuff. Like yeah. our, our next door neighbor, her her husband had terminal pancreatic cancer and we live right next door right so we see the people coming and going and the meals and the which is amazing we live in an amazing but I thought I wonder how that would change if we did that not because someone was dying Mm. but just because we're all living right and we show up for people just in everyday life and I it would change my life it would change everyone's life I think if we treated each other the way we do when there's a tragedy, but we just did that every day. Man, I think that's, you know, it's interesting you say that, the everyday service, because I think um, for me, having gone through cancer, we had so much service, which was amazing for my family. And it took took a lot of the burden off of me because I was feeling the most guilt about not being able to care for my children. Um, And so that helped a ton. But we had actually a really fun act of service last night, which last night I had my first migraine, like was not feeling good. We're at, you know, we're out of town, Becky and I, and, and just kind of thinking about my family and some unknown person came and heart attacked our front door. And for no apparent for reason, no apparent reason, yeah, it wasn't like connected to a specific, it wasn't connected thing. to something was wrong. They had no idea I was having a migraine or probably that I was even out of town. These everyday acts of service. What I think it's really saying is essentially like, I see you, like I notice you and I see you. And just knowing that someone is aware of you, you don't have to do anything, but just knowing that there's people there who are aware of you, it, that to me somehow is just a comfort that someone has noticed and seen me. Yeah, for sure. And that idea that you matter, like it matters to me that you get out of bed in the morning and it matters to me that we are, that you're here and that we're, yeah, yeah, 
showing up for each other. That's really cool. Do you, uh, you know, we serving people does come out a little bit more when there are moments of tragedy or difficulties. And, uh, you know, I'll take this question to both of you. I'll just start with you, Becky, with cancer. And then Lindsay, you can pick any experience, but can you think of something that someone did during that experience that just was so not expected or, or touched you in a completely different way than just say showing up with the meal, which we all know food is awesome. Like all day long, <laughs> bring me all the food. Mm-hmm. But can you think of something that um, might inspire one of our listeners to think outside the box in the way that they serve somebody who might be going through something like yeah. that? So for me, the thing, the thing that was on my heart and mind and that weighed me down the most during cancer was not the physical pain I was in or me. It was more how that was going to affect my family. And so for me, some of the greatest things that people did were not even like that big of a deal. They would come and pick my kids up and take them with their kids to the movies or um, invite my kids on play dates or it, it gave me the opportunity to rest because I wasn't worried about the ways that I wasn't able to be there for my kids. And for me, that was the most stressful part was just thinking of all the things they were missing out on because I was sick. And so loving my kids in a time when I had to really focus on myself was probably for me the best thing. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Lindsay? Um, I think so things like cancer and a death in the family or a new baby, those are always really obvious situations where Mm -hmm. we can, where we can step in and help. Our family situation where we were dealing with my brother, who's an addict and an alcoholic, that's trickier because people don't want to talk about it, right? Mm. Especially well, they just don't with, know what to say. Yeah, 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 you don't know what to say. And I think the people who helped us the most, like you don't show up with a casserole when your brother's drunk on the front lawn. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah, just yeah. weird. It's like knowing what to do. Yeah. But it was the people who would acknowledge that it was happening. Hey, yeah. how's your brother? What's going on? I still have people asking me about it. He's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they still ask just, yeah. uh, you know, how's your brother doing and checking in on him even when we're not in like the world we were. Yeah. And not when you're not in crisis mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I he's always that. a crisis, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. just the people who are willing to, um, Brené Brown also has a quote that her mom taught her to never look away from people's pain mm-hmm. and Ooh, aw- awkward that. pain, you know, like that's a hard kind of pain cause it's not typical. And like you say, most people haven't experienced that. So you don't know what to say, but I'm for sure. I'd rather you say something than act like it's not happening. Yeah. And so the people who would check in and just, how are you guys doing? And, and just not try and sweep it under the rug, I guess, is one way that was super helpful for our family. Well, Isn't we know. interesting? Yeah. Well, I what, mean, really, what were you going to say? It's so interesting that like just the act of like, how's it going? Like just that initial reach out is almost just as valuable as like a huge grandiose like dinner and all these things, like just connecting with someone and being like, how's it going? Like is so impactful. I, I'll add to that, that maybe it doesn't always have to be a question of how's it going or how are you doing? Or we have, um, some friends that their, their son died in a super tragic accident, um, at work in an electrical accident. And then it wasn't much longer later that he received a diagnosis and she received a diagnosis. And it was just kind of, you know how this happens sometimes Mm -hmm. in your life or in your family's life. And you're like, bam, 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 Mm -hmm. you're getting hit from all the angles. And I remember one day seeing them passing them actually in church and feeling so impressed to not ask, how are you doing? But rather to say, Hey, I love you guys 
we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. And I just want you to know that we love you and we do think of you. And that was it. Like I just a hug and a handshake and whatever, but it was, it was less about how you're doing and even asking the question and more about just like you said, Lindsay, just knowing that you are being seen and being thought about that. I know what that means for me. Just knowing, like it's it truly, when you have texted me during times that nobody else would have necessarily reached out, but you could tell that maybe that's when I needed a text-esque hug. Yeah, <laughs> I said it. I a knew it up through texting. <laughs> text-esque. Uh, an but encouragement that's what it, what, text. it was. An encouragement yes. text, but I like text-esque. It's great. really easy to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but um, but I think that that you know when you've done that for me, you must have already exercised that muscle enough to know like she could use a hug right now. But you know what? I'm a state away. And I can't do it. So I'm going to use my words and that's how I'm going to show up and let her know I see her. And that has meant so much on the receiving end. And maybe that's all it is sometimes. And like we've already said, it doesn't have to be with tragedies or deep challenges, but just reminding someone like, Hey, I see you. You're good. Yeah. And you're right. Not everyone wants to be asked how they're doing all the time, especially when they're going through something hard, but at least you're acknowledging, like, I recognize that you're going through something hard. I'm not going to make you talk about it, Mm -hmm. but I just want you to know that I'm here and I love you. And totally words have so much power. Yes, they do. So much power. And we underestimate that a lot. I think. Yeah. I think people underestimate that in the negative way too. I think people don't realize how hurtful their words can be. I I say that in light, especially of social media, Mm -hmm. when people can hide behind their screens and say things that they think are constructively critical or gonna this is this person needs my help because I've got some good counsel here when really like yeah. they can sting words can or sting they don't and bite. realize tone doesn't translate right. well through mm-hmm. written words sometimes totally. and if you aren't good with your words your tone can come across very wrong well and I think I think interestingly enough to the absence of saying something where I think a lot of times we get concerned I don't want to say the wrong thing like yeah. I don't want to and then we say nothing. But I've had close friends who know things are going on who don't say anything where that can be hurtful as well. Totally. It's the, never the wrong to say it. I love you. I there love you that. Like, if you're worried wrong. about the wrong thing, just tell them that you love them. It's right? never That's easy. wrong to say I love you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel, I feel like my heart goes out to people who don't say anything because I, I can imagine that they must feel so awkward. Yeah. And, and I know that people aren't being, being vindictive when they're like, I'm just not going to say anything. I don't right. want her to know that I care. Like people aren't like that. No. People right. are good. They're innately good. But I think that the purpose of the conversation that we've had here is to inspire you guys as, as friends here in our community to, to be mindful that there, there just isn't a wrong way to reach out as long as you're doing it based in love. And that's, I think, kind of the underlining message that I feel. And Lindsay, you've put together an incredible, um, I feel silly saying PDF because that's kind of just like yeah. what, what it is. But we It's a guide. It's a guide. A Will guide. you speak to this guide that you've pulled together, why you did it, what it is, and where to find it? Yeah, so it's just the title's super original. (laughs) (laughs) Helping others guide. It is just a guide. I reached out to a bunch of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyone you talk to who's gone through something, right? Mm -hmm. And just asking what was helpful, just the everyday stuff, but also the big stuff. And it goes through death of a family member, long-term stay in the hospital, new babies, but also just everyday stuff and ways that you can show up and help people because I'm not naturally good at that. That was not something that I'm naturally good at. I've had to work at it and be very conscious of it. I've gotten a lot better and I still have, I mean, I'm no expert on this at all, but it's just an easy guide you can download on your phone so that when I want to help someone, I pull it up there's a million ideas on there. That's There's something so cool. for every I love situation. That. And you mm. can find something on there in a way to help someone. 
I love that. And I love that you did it because you recognize in yourself that maybe that isn't your greatest strength and you wanted to get better at it. Mm -hmm. And I dare say you were totally inspired to do that, to help other people. Like by doing a guide about helping others, you Mm -hmm. are helping others. (laughs) So where is the place to download this guide? Yeah, where do you find that? It's just on my my blog. It's Lindsay Ross Blogs with an S at the end of that dot com. Perfect. Yay. And so you guys go there, go to Lindsay's blog and download that. And I love that you've made it mobile friendly. So it's just right there. It's on your phone. You can access it really easily. Um, any final words that you would love to share? I know all the pressure, Lindsay, ready, set, go. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And what would you say right now as we close out, if your daughter's and your sons, your kids were sitting around and you're just having this family conversation about all this, what was, what would be kind of that like tying a bow on this conversation, what would you say to your own kids? I think my kids know that helping people is a huge value for us. Um, we protect our time and everyone says we don't have time, but we have time. We just have to prioritize it right. And we're not in a million activities so that we do have the space and the margin to help people. Mm. And my kids know that. And I think we just remind them often that we show up for people in our everyday lives and our friends. And also when people are in crisis mode. I love that. Love and it. it really goes back to positioning yourself and making sure that you do give yourself that space to be able to serve others and to really, truly show up. I love that. Thank you so, so much, Lindsay. And thank you guys. Thank you so much, friends, for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Good stuff. And what a cool guide. I love it. I love that guide. Who does that? And are you just going to give me like the mom? I'm going to ask you to behave yourself on the show. Keep it together. I'm going to do this, Lindsay. When you're being inappropriate, I'm going to (laughs) say, stop, stop it now. Back up the bus.